True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. some heavy hitters. Today, the girls talk about mass murders and shootings and the individuals responsible for these heinous acts. All right, welcome to episode five. Welcome to episode five. Is that what this is? Episode five. Yeah. Of season two. Oh. Is it? Damn. We're halfway. We're we are to halfway done. Fuck. Well, Where welcome. Are you going to put my little welcome to? Of course. It's the only time we hear your voice. <laughs> of course, getting at the end. Of course, we're gonna leave it in. Because I literally just said, "Let me go first, so I don't have to talk for the rest of the episode." Yep. Well, uh, welcome back, welcome or welcome back. for the first time. Ooh, excuse me, I'm gonna be yawning in this episode. I feel it. Oh my god! One is hungry. One is yawning. One is That's slightly might be drunk. Um, who are we? One is a function. I'm, I'm Kylie. <laughs> you're, you're a cunt. Is that what you said? <laughs> I'm Cunt. What? Kylie. I am a cook, uh, Her name is Cunt Kylie. Cunt Kylie. Kylie. Oh, KK Kyle. No. KK Kyle. No. I'm Janine. I'm not KK Kyle. I'm Eileen Lynn. A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. Oh, fuck. And we are true crime girls. We are true crime girls. And if you couldn't tell that... Um, what we talk about, it's um, we talk about true crime. If it's not evident from our name. Yeah. What if we were like, um, and we talk about uh, yeah. animals. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about... We're all vegans. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so we're talking about mass murder. <laughs> Which are always so... Um, Big? I mean, obviously they're so sad, but... Yeah, a lot of the time they kill themselves. So, I mean, yeah. if they don't leave their fucking life manifesto behind. You well, don't, and it's so well, interesting. You say that. It's, you don't really well, know. It's interesting, too, because, like, we've already done two <laughs> of, like, the really big mass murder scenarios in yeah. Heaven's Gate and, like, Jonestown, of course, like, is our biggest, the biggest Heaven's one. Heaven's Gate. Wasn't a mass. No, no, it was a mass. It, it was but, like, murder. That's true. Um, it was a mass casualty. Right, right, it was right. It a mass murder. Yeah, that's true. Um, Jonestown was a mass murder. Mm-hmm. But I think these are more, those were in different settings. Um, these are more like, uh, like innocent, just all random, yeah. yeah, one person shooter Boom. type. Yeah. All right. So, so it's going to be real fun and not depressing at all. No, not at all. As with all our other episodes. Are hey, fun the last one was pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. The last fun. one was interesting. Lots of shit. We've had some fucking. Lots of shit. Lots of shit. Uh, 
All right. We have a lot of burping uh, these last two episodes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> last episode started with a pretty decent burp, so. Yeah. You're drinking soda. She's drinking cider yeah it's still carbonated and you're drinking i'm just water. drinking water with vodka i don't know why i'm burping so much well, it's the doritos like my core you say better to burp and taste it than fart and waste it <laughs> oh my god i almost <laughs> sprayed my cider <laughs> all over you guys <laughs> okay wait say that again <laughs> Better to burp and taste it than fart and waste it. Oh fuck, that's fan. What can we name her? No. Oh, thank you, coworker. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Is that the coworker? I want no, that on a bumper sticker. Lady. That I used to even better. With. Is no. it the one that told us about the Museum of Man? No. Oh, another Man. cool one. Damn, you work with really cool people. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, some of them. Wow. Hear that? Everybody hates you. <laughs> and I'm talking everybody. about mass murders. No, no, no. Shit. No, I'm just saying that uh, the lady like who said it was not a cool person. That's okay. Um, anyways, so oh I'm going to jump right in there so I can stop talking because that's my favorite part of every episode. Is <laughs> I don't have to talk. <laughs> just, Jeez. Why aren't you a little bit honest? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Transparency. We're about mm, it. All about it. You you always sound like you're Canadian. About, about it. Because of Jordo. <laughs> You're watching too much Jordo. I'm saying big forever. I know. You say big. Say bench. Bench? I say calm. Calm? Like calm. (laughs) Calm. Calm with me. Like Like, calm. Like truecrimegirls.com. Calm. Oh, I thought you were saying like calm. What do people say? You're saying calm. Calm. Wait, no. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Calm. 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 Dot com. But I say, I have like an Dot com. Yeah. Dot com. Because I'm from North Dakota. I don't know why I do it. <laughs> no, that's not North Dakota. I don't know Just why. Know we it. talk about uh, how we world. speak. Don't you know? How do they say it? Come. <laughs> I looked you dead in the eye and was just like, come. come. <laughs> I met her at... No, I didn't. Yes, I did. Who? The mom from... Bobby's World? Yeah, she's Harriet's mom from Small Wonder too, right? The secretary You from- were like obsessed with Small Wonder. Because it was the best show. I've never even heard of it until you said oh it. Oh, my God. It's so good. I think it's on YouTube. You say that about every yeah. show. Yeah. Well, because I only I don't watch guy. bad stuff. I don't watch Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch bad stuff. Have you guys, do you guys watch Shits Creek? <laughs> oh, fuck you. Dear God. Make that a fucking poll. Every fuck. fucking episode we get together to tape, Janine's like, do you guys watch Shits Creek? Like, like, she no, doesn't know us. fucking time. Because we watch it, the kid it's, and I. And it's not like, oh, have you guys watched Shits Creek yet? It's like a whole new person is asking us oh my god have you ever watched this like have you ever heard of it like (laughs) only the five million times that you've referenced it you're talking about the person that told eileen a story and doesn't even remember so my sister will know it my sister will know it and francine remember that tell us about the p-e-p-s-i story that i told because i don't remember it anyway it's because we watch it so much and like little things will happen so then I see you guys and I want to tell you everything that's going on. That's like me with Infinity War. So Have fucking you- watch it. <laughs> tomorrow. I'm watching it tomorrow. Anyway, we're talking about mass murders. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Go mass for murders. It. Okay. So um, I'm doing nine on the Virginia Tech massacre. <gasps> what, this was 2009. Uh, eight. Two, um, 
Seven. Seven. I, that's what I was going to say. Eight. <laughs> seven. Six. Your hair is weird right now. Okay. Um, my <laughs> notes are a complete mess because I started and got finished and then realized I left out a whole fucking, <laughs> like, the massacre, basically. <laughs> and so I had to go back. So bear with me. And she's fucking taking selfies. I'm just looking. So um, I really bad with names. So um, Sung Hui Cho. Yep. Was born January 18th, 1984 in South Korea. He lived there until he turned eight when he moved to the United States with his family. Naturally a shy child. He was diagnosed with severe anxiety disorder, major depression, depression. Damn, I sound like Kylie and Janine. Major depression and selective mutism. Um, he began to receive treatment up until his junior year of high school. Um, in his early school days, he would come home and throw tantrums, stating he never wanted to return to school. After a few years, though, he became a popular kid, being known as a smart one with a good with good style and popular with the females. So. Have you seen that mugshot? He is none of those things. But yeah, he's not. It's not a mugshot, but yeah, it's he was not like. At all. Oh well, obviously, yeah. but that fun, I'm so dumb. Mm-hmm. Edit that out. I know that photo. No, leave it in. We need to know how dumb you are. <laughs> Just like that one episode where you were like. A single gunshot. He died from a single gunshot wound to the head. Oh my god! Uh, like How no shit. Fucking dumb am I? It was so good. He shot himself. Actually, <clears throat> put a pin in that. Well, I'll just talk about it right now. Yeah. There's that guy on Miss Anne Jamie's page where he shot himself in the face. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. He killed he his girlfriend and he survived. And they That's found right. him walking around. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Blown off. Yeah, and so, then they sewed it back together, right? Yeah, you're yeah. not that stupid. Fuck. And then he got sent to prison. Like, yeah. Um, so why wouldn't you have just done it again? Like, I don't understand. He probably didn't want to do it the first time. You know what I mean? You probably couldn't find the gun. Like initial regret. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. um, Oh, God. I don't feel bad because fuck him. Yeah, I know. But I'm still going to hell. (laughs) I'll save you a seat. In the eighth grade, around the time of the Columbine shooting, he became captivated by it, um, writing on his binder, fuck you all, I hope you all burn in hell. He also wrote an assignment that he wanted to repeat Columbine. Um, This alarmed his teachers and his his fellow students who notified his parents and sent him to a psychiatrist. Um, Nothing really significant happened in high school. So there was really nothing to write about. Yeah. So I'm skipping forward. Um, he was accepted into Virginia Tech as an undergrad majoring in business information technology, later switching majors to English, citing privacy laws. That shit's been going off all day. I never um, heard it. That's the first time I heard it. <laughs> it's been going off all day. Um, his professor described him as an intelligent man, but awkward and lonely. They also said his behavior was arrogant and obnoxious at times. One professor said he was menacing and his writing was intimidating, writing violent and obscene. Uh-huh. Right? Violent and obscene poems. Um, Cho was found to have been taking photos of girls' legs under their desks, <gasps> prompting his professor to remove him from her class. She stated what? she was willing to resign before she would continue with him. A creep. Yeah, even um, going as far as reporting him to the dean's office, student affairs office, and campus police. But they all said there was nothing that could be done because no threats were made to harm himself or others. And he really hasn't done anything wrong. I know. Really? I know. And this is um, why people. This professor, <laughs> yeah. after she learned of the massacre, she knew when it happened. Um, that's who it was. <sighs> and I would have been, I would imagine? have been shocked if it wasn't him. So the I signs think, were there. I think Talk about and I told you so. Before, Fine. like, how, 
how hard it must be to be like a teacher or somebody in that mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. seeing these little things like escalate or like you not, know develop and you like there's only so much you can do yeah not even that not so much that but like she tried and yeah. nobody would listen to her and then it was mm-hmm. kind of like a the world's most fucked up i told you so mm-hmm. oh yeah um described as a quiet stu- quiet student by his classmates who knew him as the question mark kid um because after he signed into class with just a question mark in place of his name <laughs> yeah i like that um <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to do that for now? I think his so. behavior was always a bit odd. Riding his bicycle in circles in the parking lot, sitting in a rocking chair in his dorm, staring at the grass below. That's fucking creepy. Listening to the song Shine by Collective Soul on repeat and writing the lyrics, teach me how to speak, teach me how to share, teach me where to go. Teach me how to duggy. <laughs> teach me how to duggy. Teach me, teach me how to duggy. I thought, come on, you had it and you didn't take it. I didn't because I'm trying to be little. <sighs> Semi-professional. Are you? Why? (laughs) I'm not. You know what this podcast is. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we got this far. I just copy and pasted my entire episode. (laughs) Not true. (laughs) Uh In December 2005, after being reported for stalking by a girl in his dorm, he texted a friend, I might as well kill myself now. He was taken to the New River Valley Community Service Board and sent to be evaluated. He was found to be mentally ill and in need of hospitalization, although he was sent to be... Mm-hmm. Oh, he was said to. I can't read my own writing. Damn. <laughs> That's why you should use a computer. He was said to present <laughs> an imminent danger to himself as a result of mental illness, but he was released to be treated on an outpatient basis. Mm-hmm. Um, because he wasn't committed vol- involuntarily as an inpatient, he was still legally allowed to purchase guns under Virginia. Oh, law. see? Mm-hmm. Virginia? Yeah. Can That's we my get grandma's just, name? Can we just get it together? Um, at. 1715 17 17 7 15 a.m. April 16th 2007 Sung Hui Cho shot and killed Emily Hilsher and Ryan C. Stack Clark in the West Amber Johnston Hall dormitory he then returned to his room to rearm himself and mail a package containing pictures digital files and documents to NBC News oh my god he killed these two people um, goes back to his room. Now, there was a report of shots fired, um, and the campus police was sent to investigate at the dorm, mm-hmm. not knowing anything else was going on. They thought it was just whatever. Um, he It took him two hours from the time that this happened to when the next one started. So in those two hours, he was just basically getting him shit ready. Oh, shit my ready, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, at about 9.45 a.m., Cho entered Norris Hall and chained the, do- chained the doors shut, placing a note on the chain stating a bomb would go off if it- they were opened. That's so evil. I just picture, like, the walking dead. Like the... Yeah. the You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With the chain on the door. Um, before the shooting began, Cho would open doors just to look into the classrooms with one student finding it odd for someone to be lost so far into the semester. Um, Cho's first assault occurred in room 206. Shooting and killing professor... Profe- yes! Mm, it's happening. Now you know how uh, it feels. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Shooting Ellie. and killing professor um, Loganathan. Then he okay. shot and killed nine... Is this Hogwarts? The- You're right. <laughs> then he shot and killed nine of the 13 students in the room. 
Next, he entered room 207, killing German teacher Jamie Bishop fuck, um, and four other students. He then moved on to room 204, where he attempted to gain entry, but was blocked by Professor Livin Labrescu. Professor Labrum hearing the other shots, probably. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Professor Labrescu held the door closed so the students could escape through a window. Oh. No, tell me he didn't shoot through the door. He died after Cho oh. shot through the door. He was a Holocaust survivor. No! no! Mm-hmm. I literally, look at Look at him oh go. Look at him go. Oh, they're happening. All but one student escaped due to his heroic actions. Good for him. One student died. Oh my, him. like, lit- oh. look at, look at, you see it? I want to cry. It's happening. Know. Yeah. It, what's happening is goosebumps. <laughs> I just realized yeah, no one could see that. <laughs> that's like, oh, fuck. Um, in room 211. God, I'm sorry. I hate that yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. When I read that, I was like, oh, my God, why? Okay. That's so sad. Continue. In room 211, Cho would go on to kill French instructor Jocelyn Couture Nowak and Henry Lee as they attempted to barricade the door. Air Force ROTC cadet Matthew Laporte would be killed next after Cho broke through the barricades and um, Matthew charged him, attempting to save lives. All these heroes. 11 students would die in room 211 and all the survivors suffered gunshot wounds. Cho then reloaded and revisited all the other rooms, shooting and and killing student Walid Shalon. Um, Walid had already been shot and wounded, but attempted to distract Cho from shooting another student. Oh, no. Causing him to end his life. Um, He then made his way back into room 211, where he was cornered by police and shot himself in the head. They said his face was so mangled by the blast, his identity was unknown for hours after the massacre, only being identified when his fingerprints were matched with those on immigration records. God damn. Um, In the aftermath of the shooting, everyone searched for reasons why he chose to commit this mass murder. Um, In his room, police found a letter in which he stated, you caused me to do this, and mentions martyrs like Eric and Dylan, referring to the Columbine shooters, Eric Harris and Dylan Keebold. That anniversary just passed, too, in April. Mm-hmm. In the package sent to NBC News was a manifesto. Of course. Um, detailing wrongs done to him, referencing hedonism and Christianity. In one of his videos, Cho said, and I quote, I didn't have to do this. I could have left. I could have fled. But no, I will no longer run. If not for me, for my children, for my brothers and sisters that you fucked. I did it for them. When the time came, I did it. I had to. You had a hundred billion chances and ways to have avoided today, but you decided to spill my blood. You forced me into a corner and gave me only one option. The decision was yours. Now you have blood on your hands that will never wash off. You sadistic snobs. I may be nothing but a piece of dog shit. You have vandalized my heart, raped my soul, and torched my conscience. You thought it was one pathetic boy's life you were extinguishing. Thanks to you, I die like Jesus Christ to inspire generations of the weak and defenseless, defenseless people. Do you know what it feels like to be spit on your face and have trash shoved down your throat? Do you know what it feels like to dig your own grave? Do you know what it feels like to have your throat slashed from ear to ear? Do you know what it feels like to be torched alive? Do you know what it feels like to be humiliated humiliated and impaled upon a cross and left to bleed to death for your amusement? You have never felt a single ounce of pain your whole life. Did you want to inject as much misery in, in our lives as you can just because you can? You had everything you wanted. Your Mercedes wasn't enough, you brats. Your golden necklaces weren't enough, you snobs. Your trust fund wasn't enough. Your vodka and cognac weren't enough. All your debaucheries weren't enough. Those weren't enough to fill for those weren't enough to fulfill your hedonistic needs. You had everything. You just loved to crucify me. 
You loved inducing cancer in my head, terrorizing my heart and raping my soul all this time. When the time came, I did it. I had to. Okay, first of all, leave my fucking vodka out of this. <laughs> Second of all, how fucking grandiose and like self-obsessed is that? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's why when his teacher says that he was arrogant. Wow. <clears throat> um, no one ever found out exactly why he decided to kill, only speculating it was due to mental illness. So um, going with... What Janine has done before, I'm going to name off the um, oh, names so of those who died. <clears throat> um, and just to... How many are there? 32 total. Damn. Um, and they said 27 of the 32 killed were shot in the head. Was that the... That's the worst... It uh, was the worst. Shooting. It was was the worst mass shooting up until, until Vegas. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, that's right. That's right. Up until Vegas, it was the worst in in U.S. history. So I think it's Vegas, Virginia Tech. Um, oh my God, why am I blanking? The Orlando Pulse. Pulse. I think those are yeah. Oh, um, okay, so I'm gonna do my best with these names: Ross A. Almadeen, Christopher James Bishop, Brian R. Blum. Ryan Christopher Clark, Austin Michelle Cloyd, Jocelyn Couture Nowak, Kevin P. Granada, Matthew Gregory Gwaltney, Caitlin Miller Hammerman, Hammerin, sorry, Jeremy Michael Herbstritt, Rachel Elizabeth Hill, Emily Jane Hilsher, Jarrett Lee Lane, Matthew Joseph Laporte, Henry J. Lee, Liviu Labrescu, G. V. Loganathan, Hardahi Memora Halamoan Lambanterin, Lauren Ashley McCain, Daniel Patrick O'Neill, Juan Ramon Ortiz Ortiz, Manal Haral Panchal, Daniel Alejandro Perez Cueva, Erin Nicole Peterson, Michael Stephen Pohl Jr., Julia Kathleen Pride, Mary Karen Reed, Rima Joseph Samaha, Walid Muhammad Shalan, Leslie Geraldine Sherman, Maxine Shelley Turner, and Nicole Regina White. Um, so the ROTC cadet who basically sacrificed himself was posthumous, posthumously. Posthumously? Uh, I never know how to say that word. He was awarded try. with a um, Airman's Medal oh. by the military. Oh, there it goes again. Bless Goosebumps. Um, babies. Not only are those the victims um, of this massacre, <clears throat> but Cho's own family has suffered because of him. I bet. Writing a statement yeah. to the public, um, his sister, who was a representative for the State Department, she went to Princeton. No. She was representative for the State Department, um, prepared a statement in which she said, um, he has made the world weep. We are living a nightmare. Our family is so very sorry for my brother's unspeakable actions. It is a terrible tragedy for all of us. We pray, their, we pray for their families and loved ones who are experiencing so much excruciating grief. And we pray for those who were injured and for those whose lives are, ch- whose lives are changed forever because of what they witnessed and, what ex- and experienced. Each of these people had so much love, talent, and gifts to offer, and their lives were cut, sh- cut short by a horrible and senseless act. Um, his own grandfather stated that he deserved to die with his victims. 
in a follow-up article with the Washington Post, in the Washington Post, um, they reported that Cho's family had gone into hiding and virtually cut themselves off from the world, with their windows being papered and refusing outside contact, even going as far as to not contact their own relatives in South Korea. Wow. Their only contact with the outside world is a FBI representative that they contact every now and then. Oh, my God. Um, so sad. It... it Basically, this wasn't just like a tragedy in the States. Obviously, it was. But many people in other countries mm-hmm. felt the felt, ramifications. Yeah, of they it. felt everything. Oh, so sure. like the presidents of um, Chile, France, Mexico, Peru, South Korea and president elect of Marutania, um, prime ministers of Greece and Japan and king of Morocco sent their condolences as far. Um, as well as officials and diplomats from Canada, Georgia, Hungary, Iran, Nicaragua, Russia, Suriname, Thailand, and Venezuela. Mm. Um, a State Department spokesman said, we haven't seen this kind of sympathy and support since Hurricane Katrina and 9-11. Mm. South Korean UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon condemned the killings. Um, on May 3rd, 2007, Queen Elizabeth II addressed the Virginia legislator, extending her sympathy on behalf of the United Kingdom. She then met privately with some faculty and survivors, including three who were wounded. One of the survivors of the shooting, Caitlin Carney, who was shot in the hand, presented the queen with a bracelet of 32 jewels in the Virginia Tech colors, maroon and orange. The queen subsequently visited Jamestown, Virginia, to mark the 400th anniversary of the first permanent English settlement in the United States, which was her primis- primary purpose of her trip. Wow. So you can see like the effect that this had. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. There they are. Your whole thing keeps giving me goosebumps. Um, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Oh my god. So bad. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. I remember that happening. <coughs> so do I. So so sad. Yeah. Such a tragedy. And the thing with sure. something like that, like you don't well, I guess you kind of just like forget about it, especially right now in like the twenty-four hour fucking news cycle. Like, mm-hmm. there's always something that's gonna mm-hmm. happen next. But like, for a mass shooting like that, it's so sad for the family, especially when they're like kind of disconnected from the the perpetrator or the shooter or whatever. Right. Like, they might not know what's going on at all, right? You know, and they're they're fucking victims too so sad like when you think of the victims and families you don't think about the killer's families and nobody has sympathy for the no. killer's families because it's like a lot of the general why would you? Is that yeah. you yeah you know you raise this person this was your son well, but yeah no. first of all if you think like you raise this like how do you think that person feels like how would you feel if your child went mm-hmm. out and did something like this like, mm-hmm. how that's why i can't finish that fucking book feel? yeah how fucking shitty would you feel how horrible how depressing like i brought this monster into this world and nobody has sympathy for you yeah that's like the um i can't even think of the name right now the susan klebold book um it's so hard to read because i can't fucking finish it because i just like i read one sentence and i'm like sobbing because you don't think about that you don't think about what happens immediately after Mm -hmm. Like, once they tell you your son is dead, number one, oh, and he killed all these fucking people. Like, like all the emotions, What do right? you do with that? Well, they said that the father of one of them didn't know what was going on until the next day mm-hmm. they found out. And the reason why he found out is because there was an aerial photo of the crime scene where the kids were, like, hiding out behind a car, and he sees his son's body on the floor <gasps> surrounded in blood. Yeah. 
I uh yes. Uh, I read so that like, somewhere. Yeah, so did I. And that's why it's like to be first of all to know your son went to the school and all the shit was happening. Like that nobody's panic. telling you anything. Yeah. Your son doesn't come home at night so you know he's dead, but you don't find out that he was the one who created all this until you see his dead body on the floor Ugh. with the headline, you know, murder or dead or whatever the headline is. Like that's fucked up. Yeah. Jesus. No, that's I mean, it hits so many people on so many we'll levels, never so understand. many different yeah. emotions. It's so sad. That's rough. God, that sucks. This episode sucks. Mm-hmm. I, and there was so much more to put on. Oh, it. yeah. It's like, for sure. For everything, I, for almost every story that we do, there's like so much that we have to cut to make yeah. it fit. So even it. in our individual stories, there's yeah, because we take on these huge um, like topics or yeah. whatever. But hopefully, if anything, that, I mean, that's what I fucking do. Like if I hear a quick snippet about something, then you go research everything mm-hmm. about it yeah. and then become like mm-hmm. obsessively mm-hmm. like crazy about it. But mm-hmm. I mean, we can only do, we don't want to keep you here for 10 hours. Yeah, so. totally. Well, I went last, last time. So I guess I'll go and I'll, I'll be in the middle of the sandwich this middle. time. So I am doing the Oklahoma city bombing and oh yeah um so the reason that i'm doing this one is because it's really the first one that i remember as mm-hmm. a kid i i just remember watching it on tv and I remember hearing that it happened and seeing the images and not really understand like i i i think i was how old was i i that think i was like six or something with the firefighter yeah hearing the little boy yeah he's like all of angles yeah it's it's bad so um so um the person who committed this horrible crime was timothy mcveigh so i'm going to get into um his life first and then i'll get into um a little bit about the bombing i mean i feel like for mine specifically the bombing portion of it like of course i'll get into like the detonation and all of that but um definitely go to the show notes for mine because there i feel like images speak a lot louder for this for sure um so all of this you don't understand until you like fucking see see it it. yeah so um mcveigh was born in lockport new york and raised in um pendleton new york he was the middle child of three and the only male his family was irish catholic boy he hey well i'm catholic i'm not irish yeah no they're crazy yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> those gallagher's man <laughs> exactly um he was picked on by bullies at school and took refuge in the fantasy world in which he retaliated against them um he would later come to regard the u.s government as the ultimate bully um his parents um mildred noreen hill and william mcveigh divorced when he was in his teens mcveigh was known as a loner his only known affiliations were voter registration with the republican party from in new york Mm, (laughs) um and a membership in the national rifle association Mm. um while in the military his grandfather republican and the nra yeah weird Mm -hmm. um his grandfather introduced him to guns with which he became fascinated. McVeigh told people he wanted to be a gun shop owner and he sometimes took a gun to school to impress the other boys. 
Oh, mm. that's normal. Totally. <laughs> what the fuck? After graduating high school with honors, he became very interested in gun rights and the Second Amendment. Uh, and so he like subscribed to p- pro-militia magazines. He went to work. So after that, he went to work for Burke Armored Car Service. Uh, he was shy and said to have had only one girlfriend during his high school years. Um, he was, he would later be known to like tell journalists that he would always say the wrong thing to women that he was trying to impress, which I mean, sweetheart, That's all of us, then we say like, if you're trying to impress someone, you usually say the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, you like forget how to speak. Yeah. Um, in May, 1988, he enlisted in the U S army he was a decorated veteran of the United States Army, and McVeigh later would say that the Army taught him how to switch off his emotions. Mm-hmm. Not a, mm, I would not Can recommend I get that. that. No. Jeez, you'd become an episode. <laughs> That's my plan. <laughs> <laughs> McVeigh wanted to join the Green Berets, uh, and after so after he returned from the Gulf War, he entered the program for training but dropped out quickly after he sustained blisters from new boots that he was issued for a five mile March. Um, So like happens. (laughs) Well, and, and throughout this, like he was told like after he got back from the Gulf War, like take a break, like you need to like, you know, process what you just went through, do all of this. And he just was like, no, this is what I want to do. I'm doing this. Like, I don't care. Like, it's fine. Uh, So he, so that didn't work out you know his stamina was lost a bunch of stuff just ended up happening to him so he decided to leave the army and was discharged on december 31st 1991 and then he was given an honorable discharge from the army reserve in may 1992 so that's when you're like completely done Mm -hmm. so after leaving he worked um briefly as a security guard where he sounded off daily to his coworker about his loathing for the government. He decided that the Buffalo area was too liberal. So he left his job and began driving around America, seeking out his old friends from the army. How do people like have the money to try? I don't fucking know. It's always like my question. How I do don't you just fucking know. leave and they just fucking, you do know? It. Yeah. I don't understand any of it. I don't understand a lot of things. It doesn't make any sense. <sighs> So McVeigh wrote letters to local newspapers asking questions such as, is civil war imminent? Do we have to shed blood to reform the current system? Um, Then in 1993, he drove to Waco, Texas during the Waco siege. Yes, he did. To distribute pro-gun rights literature and sell bumper stickers. He had told a student reporter the government is afraid of the guns people have because they have to have control of the people at all times once you take away the guns you can do anything to people the government is continually growing bigger and more powerful and the people need to prepare to defend themselves against government control mm-hmm. sounds sounds like a lot of things that we hear mm-hmm. um so McVeigh spent time on the gun show circuit he sold copies of the turner diaries which is a white supremacist book he um he also had said like he can shoot down an atf helicopter like he was just like he was he was crazy he was going he was on one yeah Yeah. 
So he said he found a home in this like circuit. He liked to talk. He remained skeptical of some of the ideas being like talked about, but he liked talking to people about like the federal government and the possible threats to American liberty specifically. Which they are like huge like defenders mm-hmm. of. So. Mm-hmm. In between watching coverage of the Waco siege on TV, the Nichols brothers, who he met like on the gun show circuit and stuff, began teaching McVeigh how to make explosives out of out of readily available materials. That's because so fun. That's it's just like a, what you do. Yeah. I mean, like sitting chill, around, why the fuck not? Weekend activity. Yeah. What are you guys doing next weekend, actually? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to the renaissance fair <laughs> damn it that's right maybe we can learn game. maybe we can learn how to make a bomb there oh, maybe yeah hmm. there's be a lot of shit with renaissance stuff <laughs> with renaissance stuff <laughs> the destruction of the waco compound convinced mcveigh that it was time to take action the government also imposed new firearms restrictions in 1994 that threatened his livelihood of course i'm poor guy i know I feel so bad for him, really. That was an eye roll if you couldn't hear it. (laughs) (laughs) McVeigh later said he considered a campaign of individual assassination, which he would target Attorney General Janet Reno, Judge Walter S. Smith Jr., a federal district court who handled Branch Davidian trial, and Lon Horiuchi, a member of the FBI hostage rescue team who shot to death the wife of white separatists in a standoff at a remote cabin in Ruby Ridge, Idaho in 1992. He said he wanted Reno to accept full responsibility, indeed, not just words. However, such an assassination seemed too difficult, so he decided that since federal agents had become soldiers, it was necessary to strike against them at their command centers. Ultimately, he decided he would make the loudest statement by bombing a federal building. Working at a lakeside campground near his old army post, McVeigh constructed an ANNM explosive device mounted in the back of a rented rider truck. The bomb consisted of about 5,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate, which is an agricultural fertilizer, and nitromethane, which is a motor racing fuel. On, yeah. on April 19th, 1995. So I was, I was six. All of you, all of these were April. Columbine, <sighs> Virginia Tech, and uh, Oklahoma City. Thank God we just got oh, out of you. April. <laughs> and mine. Is April? Shit, I swear to fucking God it is. We just need to skip April. We're going to, oh my We're going to have 11 months now. I just realized that. <laughs> That's yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with April? Fucking spring. Everybody's allergies are acting up. That's horrible. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) On April 19, 1995, McVeigh drove the truck to the front of the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building, just as its offices and daycare center opened for the day. Yeah. Prosecutors said McVeigh ran away from the truck after he ignited a timed fuse. At 9.02 a.m., a massive explosion explosion destroyed the north half of the building. The explosion killed 168 people and 450 were injured. 19 of the victims were small children in the daycare center on the ground floor of the building, building, which he parked the truck right in front of. 
McVeigh did not express remorse for the deaths, what he referred to as collateral damage, but said he might have chosen a different target if he had known the daycare center was open. Maybe. Just maybe. He would think Perhaps. about it. I would have thought about yeah. it, yeah. According to the Oklahoma City Memorial Institute for the Prevention of Terrorism, more than 300 buildings were damaged. More than 12,000 volunteers and rescue workers took part in the rescue, recovery, and support operations following the bombing. And it's it's insane when you see the picture. It's like literally half the building's gone. It looks like a monster just it's, took a bite out it's of it. It's insane. Yeah. It, it looks like something from a movie. Like yeah. you wouldn't believe that it, it was real at all. Real. Um... In reference to theories that he had assistance from others, McVeigh responded, you can't handle the truth. It's like, okay, really? Are you... you can't handle the truth. Did yeah. he say it like that? I'm sure he did. Slam his hand. I hope he did. I mean, you can't handle the truth because the truth is I blew up the Murrah building and isn't it kind of scary that one man could wreak this kind of hell? Like, yeah, it really fucking is, actually. That's why we're here. That's why we're yeah. asking you these questions. Yeah. yeah we know no i um i remember hearing that there was somebody else uh in the truck with him yeah and, and but who I'll, knows? i get into a little bit of stuff too by tracing the vehicle identification number of a rear axle found in the wreckage the fbi identified a vehicle as a rider rental junction city agency truck workers at the agency assisted an fbi artist in creating a sketch of the of the renter who had used the alias Robert Kling. Kling on? Kling on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sketch was shown in the area that day. Manager Leah McGowan of the Dreamland Hotel identified the sketch as Timothy McVeigh. Shortly after the bombing, while driving on I-35 in Noble County near Perry, Oklahoma, McVeigh was stopped by Oklahoma State Trooper Charles J. Hanger from Pawnee, Oklahoma. Hanger had passed McVeigh's yellow 1977 Mercury Marquis and noticed that it had no license plate. Come on, dude. Like, Sketchy. if you don't want to be pulled over, like, at least have a I'll license plate on there. I understand that. Like, you graduated with honors and, this, and you forget to put yeah. a license plate on? Like, what an idiot. While questioning McVeigh, he noticed a bulge under his jacket. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's just losing her fucking mind. Oh my god. She saw the word bold and she got a little wet. Goosebumps. Hello. <laughs> you see it? Do you see it happening? Do you see it happening? He noticed a bulge under his jacket and ended up arresting him for carrying a loaded firearm. The McVeigh's concealed con right. McVeigh's concealed weapon permit was not legal in Oklahoma. Hmm. So at this time, he had no fucking idea that this guy had just like blown up a fucking building. He was just like, "Oh, yeah, that's not." So we got to take you in. McVeigh was wearing a t-shirt at the time with a picture of Abraham Lincoln and the motto Sick Semper Tyrannus, the state motto of Virginia, and also words shouted by John Wilkes Booth after he shot Lincoln. The translation, thus always to tyrants. On the back, it had a tree with a picture of three blood droplets and the Thomas Jefferson quote, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Three days later, while still in jail, McVeigh was identified as the subject of the nationwide manhunt. So he was chilling in there for three days and people just had no fucking idea. Crazy. Well, yeah, especially, mm -hmm. I mean, back then when you use an mm -hmm. alias, mm -hmm. nobody mm -hmm. fucking knows. It takes time, yeah. yeah. 
On August 10, 1995, McVeigh was indicted on 11 federal counts, including conspiracy to use a weapon of mass destruction, use of a weapon of mass destruction, destruction by explosives, and eight counts of first-degree murder. On October 20th, 1995, the government filed notice that it would seek the death penalty. On February 20th, 1996, the court granted a change of venue, so it was the the it was done in Denver, Colorado instead. The trial was done in Denver, Colorado instead. Uh, McVeigh instructed his lawyers to use a necessity defense, but they ended up not doing so because they would have had to prove that McVeigh was in imminent danger from the government. And that's not a thing. It he wasn't. He's not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, relax. Stop. Stop trying to think. Everyone's obsessed with you. They argue that his bombing of the Murrah building, building was a justifiable response to what McVeigh believed were the crimes of the U.S. government at Waco, Texas. The 51-day siege of the Branch Davidian complex resulted in the deaths of 76 Branch Davidian members. So they were just pulling at strings basically yeah and so on june 2nd 1997 mcveigh was found guilty on all 11 counts of federal indictment on june 13th 1997 the jury recommended that he received the death penalty the u.s department of justice brought federal charges against mcveigh for causing the deaths of eight federal officers leading to a possible death penalty it could not bring charges against McVeigh for the remaining 160 murders in federal court because those deaths fell under the jurisdiction of the state of Oklahoma. I'll never, I mean, I get it, but yeah. I don't get it. Because McVeigh was convicted and sentenced to death, the state of Oklahoma did not file murder charges against McVeigh for the other 160 deaths. It's like, it's That's like, I get it because it's like, why go through all of it? But it's like a slap in the face to the family, I know, you know? I know. It's like such a catch-22 because it's like, do we spend taxpayer dollars and stuff on this horrible person? Yeah, that's true. And, like, fuck him. Just fucking throw him away. Yeah, he's already going away. But then at the same time, it's like for closure for the family. Should yeah. we just do it? Uh, so during his time in prison, he wrote various essays just talking about how the U.S. government's like hypocritical and how they've used nuclear weapons in the past and all of it's just he was yeah. just going off about the um, the U.S. government and um, he also wrote a letter to Fox News where he explained like why he did all the the stuff to the Murrah Federal Building stuff that I already you know have gone over McVeigh's death sentence was delayed pending an appeal one of his appeals. Um, was taken to the Supreme Court, was denied on March 8th, 1999. He also requested a nationally televised execution. That was denied. An internet company also sued for the rights to broadcast it. Um, so you got the electric chair? Um, or are you getting to that? Sorry. Lethal injection. McVeigh, he maintained an upbeat attitude, noting that even after his execution, the score would still be 168 to 1. Because that's, that's how it works. That's such a dick move. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm just like... So he also said, I'm sorry these people had to lose their lives, but that's the nature of the beast. Mm. It's understood going in what the human toll will be. 
He said that if there turned out to be an afterlife, he would improvise, adapt, and overcome, noting that if there is a hell, then I'll be in good company with a lot of fighter pilots who also had to bomb innocents to win the war. This wasn't a fucking war. There's no war. Nobody, none of these innocent people signed up for war. We, there was no war. There was no fucking war. He was executed by lethal injection at 7.14 a.m. on June 11, 2001. Um... He was 33 years old. He stated that his only regret was not completely leveling the federal building. (laughs) I got a fucking monster. His last meal was two pints of mint chocolate chip ice cream. Um, I do, huh? I was like, somebody, but I like it. But you do, yeah. So McVeigh was the first, huh? Yeah, he's going on the way back, right? (laughs) McVeigh was the first convicted criminal to be executed by the United States federal government since Victor Fegwer Fegwer in Iowa on March 15, 1963. Um, Jay Sawyer, a relative of one of the victims, noted, without saying a word, he got the final word. Um, Larry Witcher, whose brother died in the attack, described McVeigh as having a total expressionless blank stare. He had a look of defiance and that if he could, he'd do it all over again. So um, there are many, many like conspiracy theories and different stories about potential accomplices. Like it's just, it goes on and on. And also since there are 168 victims, I will not be naming them because (laughs) it's going to take a long time, but I, I am listing them in our show notes. So that's where I'll put them just because for time's sake. Um, but yeah, it was, I like remember it very vividly seeing the pictures like yeah. brings it all back. It's, it's, it's just crazy, especially one of the first ones you remember. Like I'm sure a lot of, for a lot of like the younger listeners and stuff, that's nine 11 for them. Like remember, remembering like seeing all of sure, that yeah. and waking up to that. So this was like my, 911 because it was like my first experience with it. So, did you watch um, Oklahoma City on Netflix? Mm-mm. There is this documentary. You watch fucking everything. How do you have time to live your life? <laughs> have you seen Shit's Creek? <laughs> <laughs> is that on Netflix? Yeah. There's a documentary. Uh, it's called Oklahoma City. If anybody wants to watch it, it's really, really good. And it goes into like his um, backstory oh, and uh, like how he ended up at um, uh-huh. at Waco and his Ruby. influence by everybody there and Ruby Ridge and it's fucking insane. I know. And so like, and then he's so young and he's impressionable. So like all of the stuff that he did, you're like, you almost like can't blame him because he was kind of like groomed and like. Uh, like made yeah. to be this person and like given these ideas and like yeah. all this shit was put into his head but the, when you're fucking young and you see those images for the first time like the building and the kids and um, like the firefighters and volunteers trying to Ugh, find so many like people 9-11 like trying to go through everything just random people like in normal clothes just, just trying to it's help out so it's, it was it was definitely yeah i mean that's the best way to describe it i think for anyone who's younger is like it was like the 9 11 yeah of my younger years yeah. because you go what you said about the whole like random people jumping in and helping mm-hmm. that makes me think of steve buscemi 
who he oh, used to be a firefighter in yes. New York back mm-hmm. in the day. And then mm-hmm. so after 9-11, he went back to his old house, mm-hmm. old station house and asked to like help. And so he jumped in there as a firefighter and helped, but di- told him like, don't tell anyone because he didn't want publicity for publicity right. for it. He right. just wanted to help. So it's like, that's human nature. Like you see the shit that people do, like, like what horrible can I do? things. But then at the same time, you see, see the good and people yeah. come out and they're like, I want to help. Uh-huh. It's kind of like the silver lining of that of any all type of these. of these events is there's always that like 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 even see, in like that Eileen's human story the, yeah. the people blocking the door oh, or God, that? Taking the Holocaust survivor everything yeah. against our last episode yeah. where the um the drum tech yeah like mm-hmm. charged the shooter even though they probably knew they were gonna die the ROTC kid in my story knew he was gonna die right and he so still just tried to buy people time so because, he jumped in yeah. and even though he took however many gunshots to his chest he still like you know but you still mm-hmm. want to help it's so That's fucking human sad. nature so there's some heavy stories guys you're is welcome gonna be funny is there more shit in yours my uh <laughs> no there's no shit oh, mm-hmm. yeah I still mine just seems so inadequate <laughs> compared to those. I almost did Columbine, okay. but I wanted to do a girl. So, uh, I think I mentioned this to you guys before. For mass murders, I'd already done the other two female <laughs> mass murders, yeah, which is Jennifer San Marco, which I did for postal uh, going postal, and um, why can't I think of her name? Whatever <laughs> from the fucking. Uh, the school shooting, the girl. I don't like Mondays. I can't think of her name. Right. Yep. I so, attention, so I don't know. As is. far as like female mass murderers, these are the only three. Those two, and then the one I'm doing today. Um. So I'm done. <laughs> I, we can't do this subject anymore. Or you could just guy. do men. <sighs> I I'd rather like not. <laughs> but <laughs> the moment it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh. Fuck. <laughs> Um, okay. So female suspects in mass shootings are very rare. Women may, women make up only 4% of suspects in mass shootings in the U S between 1966 and 2016. Uh, according to Jacqueline Childcrop, it's probably wrong. She's a national <laughs> expert on mass shootings research and assistant professor uh, of public justice at the state of university of St- state of university. Yep. What is of? Why do no. I keep saying I've that? I've never heard of a state of university, <laughs> but I'd like to apply. God damn. Oh my God, you're going back to school? State <laughs> University wow. of New state York university. at Oswego. Oswego. Oswego? This is great. This is. Yep. <laughs> Somebody will know what I'm talking about. A criminal justice professor named Adam Langford is quoted as saying In general, women are far less homicidal than men. Women commit about 10% of 10 to 13% of homicides in the United States. Female mass murder is so rare. It just has not been studied. Women do kill, but they're less likely to choose firearms to do it. Only 8% of firearm homicides are female in comparison to 40% of poisonings and 20% of deaths by fire are linked to female perpetrators. The gender gap in violence is found in almost every culture around the world, which I thought was hella fucking interesting. Sexual frustration is a theme running through the writings of many male mass shooters because they're weak fucking people. He didn't say that, but he said 
done anything else before. <laughs> because men are trash. <laughs> Not all men. <laughs> Good girl. But men are trash. Uh, (laughs) many shooters leave manifestos explicitly detailing their hatred of women and of men who seem to navigate relationships with women uh with ease uh by contrast i'm not aware of any female attackers even though we have a small sample i don't know that any of them complained about not being able to have sex (laughs) i thought that was a great quote all right so (laughs) here we go to april Oh man! I'm literally that's scary. April. I'm so I know. glad we're out of it. It's really weird. On the afternoon of April of April, the one day I had to say the one time I had to say fucking of. <laughs> Sorry. On the afternoon of April third, two thousand eighteen, Nasim Najafi Agdam. Yep got into YouTube's headquarters in San Bruno, California, and opened fire, shooting three people before taking her own life. The police said Agdam's uh, anger over what she believed to be unfair treatment by YouTube had set her on a 500-mile drive from her home near San Diego to YouTube's offices in Silicon Valley. Agdam's weapon had a capacity of 10 rounds, and she emptied one magazine before reloading. She took her own life with a single gunshot wound to the head. (laughs) (laughs) Two days shy of her 39th birthday. What are you doing? Oh. Uh, Four injuries were reported. The identified victims were a 36-year-old man in critical condition, a 32-year-old woman in fair condition, and a 27-year-old woman in stable condition. Another person uh, injured her ankle while fleeing the building. Since this is still fairly new, I didn't have their names. I couldn't find anything like that. But as far as I can read, they all survived. So that doesn't count as mass murders, but it does count as a mass shooting. She was the only one that actually was confirmed Mm -hmm. dead. Um, Initial reports incorrectly described the shooting as that of a scorned lover in a a domestic dispute shooting her boyfriend, of course, because God forbid she was just fucking pissed at That's what I was else. just gonna say. Like, God damn. If it, like, nobody, in like ours, like nobody no. was like, oh, she must, they, would they never. must have just gone crazy because they were heartbroken. They it's would like, never say that. And even though we know they all probably have really small penises and can't have sex with anybody, they would never say like, oh, we think he might've been pissed because he couldn't get laid. But that's, what it is most of the time and it was so. literally wasn't it recently that there was a kid who he shot a girl and another boy and it was because she had recently broken up with him it happened yeah and it was like I, in junior high or something like that high school yeah it was like early high school like ninth grade they can't even aim in the fucking toilet to piss how are they killing people with guns god damn these fucking people the boys are the emotional ones because they're trash the girls are just fucking crazy <laughs> Because we're amazing. Clearly. Um, (laughs) Alright. So the police believe the motivation behind the shooting, like I stated, was uh, motivated by her displeasure. Displeasure. (laughs) Displeasure. (laughs) I watched it happen. (laughs) Hey, baby, you want some pleasure tonight? Can I pleasure you oh in some good sex? You know why I said displeasure? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no fucking way. 
Because <laughs> after that is P and P, and I just saw P like E, so pleasure, just pleasure, God, please yeah. give me some pleasure. Oh man, you can do this. We're gonna get through. Edit, then we're gonna eat. Oh, nope, no, <laughs> like I stayed. If mine stay in, yours stays in. <laughs> Well, if I had any yours, it would be like your whole story. She was motivated by her displeasure of the policies and procedures of censorship of the YouTube channels she maintained. She complained on her website about this and wrote, YouTube filtered my channels to keep them from getting views. And YouTube had demonetized most of her videos. Uh, you don't see Jordo fucking going on around. Everybody page. was demonetized, honey. Jesus. Have, do you, I don't know if you guys follow anybody. On the, do you watch it? It's gonna be running. Oh my god, it's gonna go. I don't know if you guys follow any, um, uh, like stoners on YouTube. No, all, so all of their videos, so like a lot, I mean, just like any YouTube person, personality, whatever you want to uh-huh. call them, this is their like their livelihood, right? Right. So a lot of them are getting like striked, so they they can't post anything for like months. <gasps> yeah. Uh, so they're all losing, like they're all yeah. just whatever. I feel so bad for them, but anyway, you can cut that out. I don't care. Um, I'm just saying, like it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, a lot of them. I mean, uh, uh. so she she got demonetized. In Iran, she was known as Green Nassim, a social media star with followings on YouTube and Instagram and other social media platforms. In the U.S., she cast a very different profile. She was a proponent proponent of vegan diets, animal rights. I'm just going to fight through this. You can do it. We get pizza <laughs> after this. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Um Animal rights and home exercise, who had increasingly become agitated by one of the tech companies that helped give her a platform. In one of her videos posted in 2017, she stated, people like me are not good for big business, like for animal business, medicine business. This is what they are doing to vegan activists and many other people who try to promote promote healthy, humane, and living smart. Um, about 11 hours after the shooting, she was found... Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Janine, I love you. <laughs> I'm not here today. About 11 hours before the shooting, she was found sleeping in her car by the police in Mountain View, California, about 30 miles from San Bruno. Uh, after checking records on her license, they discovered that her family had reported her missing several days earlier. She told them uh, she had just had issues with her family and she left to come to Northern California to get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't appear to be agitated, um, to be a danger to herself or others. She never mentioned anything about YouTube or anything like that. So they fucking let her go. Um, she was in her late 30s. She had YouTube pages in Persian, Turkish, and English. She explained that uh, she and her family were members of the Baha'i faith. I hope I'm saying that right. Which faces persecution in Iran, a country with the Muslim majority. Um, several her, of her bizarre videos had gone viral in Iran. Her website, which uh, said, mm, that's not right. <laughs> her website had identified her as the first Persian female vegan bodybuilder. If you see Whoa, her. That's an identifier. She does not look like a bodybuilder. Her body is about the size of my arm. So she's, she looks very tiny. 
it's this story is fairly new and since the shooter committed suicide there's no follow-up or arrest or anything um all everybody that was shot or any of the victims that had been hurt they all survived um so that's the end of the story yeah you did it yeah i barely made it through and you did a female and i got to do a girl but um <laughs> we know that's so crazy when i was looking at female mass shooting it was only those three that's crazy that you've done them all. and i had already done the other two that's really interesting so um i know i'm done do that or women get out there help us out yeah if don't anybody knows do <laughs> don't do that. absolutely but not i almost did um i almost did columbine because that was my i think that was my first mass shooting mm -hmm. that i had to live through that was mine yeah definitely mine and it was so sad and mm -hmm. uh they were blaming it on like the fucking music. And oh then, my like, god! I remember they that. Manson. Yep, they blame Marilyn yeah, Manson. Yeah, they blame Marilyn Manson. They remember the fucking trench coat mafia. That was like <gasps> the thing. Oh my god! Yeah, the trench coat mafia. And um, actually, a few months ago, I had just I was on YouTube and I was just looking at the surveillance videos from from that day. They're very long and there's only like a few little snippets of them actually in, but you can see like everybody running and mm -hmm. ugh, it's, sad. it's so sad. Uh, but yeah, so that was my story and it was in California and it was in fucking April. Which is so weird. good. So if you are on the Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, we are true crime girls on all of that. We have mm -hmm. individual Instagrams, mm -hmm. Eileen TCG, Kylie TCG and Janine TCG on mm -hmm. the instagram mm -hmm. we don't really use our twitter don't worry so about it yeah no <laughs> um matter. we have a website we have a website for those of you that somehow don't know truecrimegirls.com we have show notes for every episode mm -hmm. on the um mm -hmm. pictures pictures links, links videos, videos on some of them so good yeah i like it because Sometimes when I'm listening to like whatever other podcast, I'll Google what oh, yeah, that person for sure. looks like. So yeah, we do that for you. We You're Google welcome. For you. Yeah, don't worry. Like all of you who have been like, oh my god, I googled all of season one. Don't worry. Just just go on back. The website. It's there. We have it you, for you. You played yourself. Sweet. All right. Yeah. I mean, so follow us everywhere. Just don't fucking follow don't us. Don't fucking home. follow us home. And you're listening truck. this long. I'm like annoyed by us already, and I'm surprised we have sixteen thousand. You were annoyed episode one. I was. You were annoyed episode I don't zero. Know I made it this far. We don't either. We, don't. we thought you were going to quit a long time ago, and we're like, "Fuck, I damn I it, she's still here." We made a. Blood I mean, but I figured I had to stay after you made the logo, and I was on it. I'm like, blood pack. We off. can find somebody else with curly hair. I could take you off. The kid. Yeah, we can take. Oh we my can god! Her. <gasps> Once yeah, he gets can. old enough. We can color his hair you. He's always wanted to be It's like brunette. those bad, like, um, when they try and replace people on, like, <laughs> like on sitcoms and stuff. And then it's like, that's not Where them, but they're acting like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, guys. Uh, thank you very much. Yep. That's all I can say. All right. Deuces, bitches. Goodbye. Suck it easy.